mornings. I'm Chris Oaks. And coming up today, efforts to rein in the cost of prescription drug prices have been in the news quite a bit lately. And with seniors considering their Medicare options for the coming year, we'll tell you how these initiatives will and won't impact your coverage. Also in our community and business spotlight this morning, looking for work, Ohio Means Jobs is highlighting employment opportunities in the area, including a new staff position at 50 North. The University of Findlay's Mazza Museum gearing up for a busy month of November from Fun Day Sunday to a STEAM workshop to their annual weekend conference will have details. And we'll get a preview of November entertainment and activities at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. All Mariah Carey wants for Christmas is for people to stop suing her over her most famous song. Um, Yesterday, another lawsuit was filed. Uh, Songwriters Andy Stone and Troy Powers wrote a song by the name of All I Want for Christmas is You back in 1989, five years before Mariah Carey released her version. And so they are suing. They want $20 million in damages. Here's the thing. (laughs) The songwriters accuse Mariah Carey of copying their track but the songs do not share any lyrics, and they do not share uh, a melody at all. <laughs> it's just the title. So $20 million in damages. Um, and they've tried this before, so I don't know you know, why they think that it's going to work again, but that's you know, all Mariah Carey wants for Christmas is for people to stop suing her over her song. Uh, speaking of the uh, holiday season and uh, musical artists, you know, Cher has a new Christmas album out. It's the first one she's ever done in her long career. And getting accolades for this, Cher will be joining the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. On Thanksgiving Day, the pop icon will be closing out the parade right around the time, right around the time Santa appears on his sleigh. Um, so watch for that. Says here the parade will include 5,000 volunteers, 16 character balloons, 26 floats, more than 700 clowns, 12 marching bands, and a partridge, and, a, and uh, nine performance groups uh, for the first time, actually. And this is kind of big news you want to be aware of. For the first time, the parade will start a half hour earlier. It'll be at 8.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving Day instead of the regular 9 o'clock. So get up a little bit early to catch the parade on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, speaking of Christmas in New York, there is a there is no better time to visit the city of New York. If you ask any native New Yorker, the best time to visit the city, it's Christmas time. There's just a, a vibe uh, that is unmatched any other time of the season. This year's Rockefeller Center Christmas tree has been chosen. It is a Norway spruce that measures 80 feet tall, 43 feet in diameter, donated by a family from Binghamton, about 200 miles northwest of New York City. It'll be cut down next week in preparation for the annual lighting ceremony on November 29th. So 50,000 lights. They're the Rockefeller Center uh, Christmas tree. And again, if you uh, have ever been, it is, it's hard to describe uh, until you've actually been there to see it, just how big that is. Um, I have been lucky enough to see the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, and it is impressive. Um, more holiday news. Christmas is coming to Starbucks. The Yes, that's right. Pumpkin spice season is over, and it's time for the holidays. The coffee giant rolling out this year's holiday cup designs today. The cup selection, it says, will have a traditional mix of holiday red and green plus magenta and some sparkle accents. This year's cups uh, will be available um, beginning today, and customers can start ordering the custom Starbucks holiday drinks, which include the peppermint mocha, caramel brulee latte, iced sugar cookie almond milk latte, and chestnut praline latte. This year's new drinks are the Olietto gingerbread oat milk latte and the iced gingerbread oat milk chai. So, thus ends the Starbucks commercial. I know people go crazy over this, but get your holiday fix at Starbucks beginning today. And yesterday, Oprah 
revealed her annual list of favorite things, unique gifts for friends, family, and the community of people you hold in your heart all year long. This year's picks go from puzzles and high-tech games to food items to cosmetics and appliances, virtually everything in between for everyone on your shopping list. This year's Oprah's Favorite Things will be featured in the winter 2023 issue of O Quarterly Magazine, which hits newsstands next week, but you can get a sneak peek now at all of the items at the uh, Oprah Winfrey or Oprah Daily website. So, uh, and for the ninth year in a row, the curated items from Oprah's Picks will be available for purchase exclusively on Amazon, amazon.com slash Oprah. And as the site points out, yes, Oprah has tried and tested every single item. So you can rest assured that Oprah herself has given them the seal of approval. Her favorite things. The uh, Here's another uh, best of 2023 list. We get those uh, quite a bit this time of year. You know, the year-end lists. Collins Dictionary. The lexicographers. Is that how you... Yeah, the lexicographers, the uh, language uh, study experts at Collins Dictionary have announced their pick for the word of the year. It is AI, the initials for artificial intelligence, AI. The says the word is considered to be the next great technological revolution. AI has seen rapid development, has been much talked about in 2023, according to a statement from the British publisher on its pick for the word of the year ai i just uh i'm waiting for the list of the banished words of the year that comes out uh what closer to the end of the year or the first of uh, of next year that's the one i'm thinking ai may actually be on that list too um let's see here yesterday we were talking about this um was it yesterday or earlier this week uh, we were talking about tipping culture and the blowback from uh, tipping culture. We're being asked to tip for everything. Uh, and Americans don't want to do away with tipping altogether. They think uh, at restaurants, particularly, it's a good way to ensure you get you know, stellar service. Um, but DoorDash is testing a new message to its users with respect to tipping. Uh, They are telling you, if you order via DoorDash, expect uh, an advisory that you can tip the delivery person or you cannot tip the delivery person as you wish, but your order may take longer to get to you if you don't tip. The message explains that DoorDashers pick and choose which orders they will deliver, and orders with no tips might not get picked up because they... That's the way it works. You place an order, then it's ready. The message goes out to the DoorDash people saying, hey, there's an order who wants who wants to go and pick it up and, and deliver it. And if there's no tip involved, then very few people will respond and your order might just sit there and get cold. One more reason to tip your DoorDashers. Uh, let's see here. We're less than a week now from the November election, and uh, next week will mark the one-year mark until the presidential election. The top issues uh, on the minds of Republican voters in Iowa as the primary season draws closer. This according to a new poll from NBC News, Mediacom, and the Des Moines Register. The top issues on the minds of Republican voters Inflation, immigration, and government spending. But a new concern has entered the top five, and that is the war between Israel and Hamas, um, which suggests that that could play a big role in you know, the, the uh, presidential primary in Iowa, or the uh, Republican caucuses, I should say, in Iowa coming up in January. Uh, among those polled... The least important issues, environmental uh, issues, uh, the environment, and transgender issues are at the very bottom of the list. So it seems like people have more important things to worry about than the culture wars, at least in Iowa, according to this poll. By the way, speaking of of politics, uh, as if we didn't have uh, more important things to worry about, 
Apparently, one of the big issues that we are concerned with is uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's feet. <laughs> Apparently, on social media, uh, people and political pundits alike are obsessing over Ron DeSantis's feet. Specifically, they're debating whether he is wearing lifts in his shoes to boost his height. Three sources said to be skilled shoemakers told Politico that DeSantis is definitely wearing lifts in his shoes. DeSantis denies it. He also claims to be 5 foot 11 inches, though many observers insist he is somewhere between 5'7 and 5'10. So, big important stuff. I mean, never let it be said that we don't care about the important issues in this country when it comes to politics. We've got our priorities straight. (laughs) And lastly, here this morning, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your day, and this is, you know, has obviously a lot of political undertones here, especially given the fact that Ohioans will decide on issue one, the reproductive rights issue or the abortion issue uh, on the ballot here next week. The Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade is impacting where young women choose to go to college. This is a study from Portland State and Tulane University, which found that female applications to colleges in states that restrict abortion access have dipped by 1% since Roe v. Wade was overturned. This suggests... According to the authors of the report, this suggests that undergraduate applicants are sensitive to state reproductive health policies, and this may impact the demographic composition of colleges and, uh, by extension, the future labor pool of those states that are affected. Again, I don't know if that moves the needle for you at all, one way or the other, on this. I thought it was uh, kind of interesting research. You can make of it what you will. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Mostly sunny today with a high in the upper 40s to around 50. Just a few clouds tonight, a low around 40. The Finley Fire Department is reminding you to change the batteries in your smoke detectors over the weekend when you move your clocks back for the time change. Fire Inspector Eric Wilkins. There is nothing in your house that is more important for your safety than a smoke detector. When you're sleeping, the only thing that's going to wake you up is that smoke detector if there's a fire in your house. So it's getting around the time change like you said. We like you to change your batteries at the time change. Instead of saying smoke detectors save lives, Inspector Wilkins says working smoke detectors save lives because if it's not functional, it's not going to help. He says batteries should be replaced every six months and smoke detectors themselves last about 10 years before they should be replaced. A survey shows that seatbelt compliance is dropping among Ohio drivers and is far below the national average. The latest survey shows we're at 80.8% compliance. Sounds pretty good. Nope, that is more than 10 points below the national average and farther below where we were 10 years ago. Not to mention, the state says the lowest compliance since 2005. The Ohio Traffic Safety Council will hold its quarterly meeting to talk about seatbelts, but also distracted driving, impaired driving, and teen drivers. I'm Angela Ann. Many farmers in Ohio are still harvesting their corn. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is predicting Ohio corn will have a record output, 195 bushel per acre. The next challenge is taking the corn to market. A bushel right now is selling for under $5. Midsummer, it was as high as $6.70. Dan Cummins in Wood County. The city of Finley is offering a bulk trash drop-off for city residents today through Saturday. Dumpsters are located at the Public Works Department at 330 North Corey Street, where city residents may dispose of unwanted debris. Hazardous materials, commercial tires, concrete, appliances, and electronics will not be accepted. Proof of residency or ID may be required. Get more details in the story on our website. And don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
So with the annual open enrollment period for Medicare uh, upon us now, we've been talking about the various aspects of this because, as everyone knows, there are a lot of little details that you want to know before deciding on your coverage for 2024. And one of the things that has been very much in the news are drug prices. And here again, there are a couple of moving parts on this. We are joined now by Leslie Dack, founder and chair of Protect Our Care and former senior counselor to the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services in the Obama administration. And Leslie, first of all, let's kind of set the stage here. Talk a little bit about the impact of rising prescription drug prices on seniors. The cost of these drugs is really, really difficult for seniors. We know that millions of seniors are skipping their doses, cutting drugs in half because they simply can't afford their medications. Others are having to choose between filling their prescriptions and filling their refrigerators. And that just shouldn't be. Uh, It hurts their health and it hurts their financial security. So there are... Uh, so there are aspects of uh, there are some changes that are coming uh, for patients in the upcoming year as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act. How does this kind of change the equation for those seniors? It's really all good news. And some of these benefits actually have already started. So and the nice thing about them is once you, once you're on Medicare, these benefits go to you. You don't have to make any additional choices. Um, you get them as you know part of no matter what kind of Medicare plan you have. So okay. for the first time, uh, uh, beginning now, insulin is capped at thirty-five dollars a month. If you're a diabetic, you might be paying hundreds of dollars a month for your insulin. Essential vaccines like the shingle machine, the thing, shingles vaccine, which is very expensive, uh, is now free. Drug companies used to be able to just raise their prices whenever they wanted, much higher than inflation. They can't do that anymore. If they do, they're going to pay a big penalty. And for the first time, Medicare has the power to negotiate with drug companies for lower prices. And that process has begun. It won't pay off for a bit of time, but it's underway. And then in 2025, it's a big thing, which is seniors' out-of-pocket total out-of-pocket costs for their drugs will not exceed $2,000. Okay, so uh, so again, the, the price caps on things like vaccines, insulin, and so on, that's in effect now. The total out-of-pocket limit is takes effect in 2024, is that right? 2025. 2025. Um, is when that Okay, and that's about the same time frame that these uh, that the ability of Medicare to negotiate prices on certain medications that that will uh, come to pass. Again, we're not talking about something that would uh, impact seniors in the coming year. Correct. Those the the um, fruits of the Medicare negotiations, uh, you know, take, take, will take a little longer. Uh, the government is trying to do a really good job being sure that actually the, when they do this, they encourage innovation in the uh, new drugs, uh, and they want to be doing it fairly. So with that in mind, again, uh, the uh, limits, uh, the caps on insulin, obviously would be very good news for diabetics, the vaccines, um, uh, the availability of vaccines, those are here now. Given the fact that some of these other benefits are still a ways off, what more can be done to further protect patients, what should individuals who are looking at 2024 be thinking right now? Well, you know, they should know that these savings are here, that it means they can afford the medicines they need. They can breathe a sigh of financial relief. But yes, there's, there is more that we need to do. You know, one thing we need to do is to protect these benefits because the drug companies are paying lobbyists to try and get them overturned. There are people in Congress who want to overturn them. The drug companies are in the courts suing about it. So we need seniors to, you know, to be vigilant uh, about this so they we don't lose any of these things. Mm-hmm. We also want to do a lot of work to be sure that people who get their insurance in other places who are or not just on Medicare get these same benefits. So those of us who, you know, are in Washington fighting for these things also have work for us to do. And what I would just also say to, to seniors is 
go get these vaccines. They're free. You may have decided they were too expensive before, heard the price and walked out the door. Um, but now's the time to take advantage of these critically important vaccines. Again, uh, Leslie Dack is founder and chair of Protect Our Care, a former senior counselor to the secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services. Where do we get more information on all of this? If you're on Medicare or about to be on Medicare, please, people should go to Medicare.gov, the government website. It's actually very good. I'm on Medicare. I've used it many times. And they also, strangely enough, have a great call center. Really helpful. So, you can get your Medicare answers questions answered very well. If you want more information about how to keep the fight going to protect these benefits and to extend them, please take a look at our website, protectourcare.org. Mr. Dak, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. We Thanks for having me. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. In the spotlight this morning, Ohio means jobs. And you know that there are an awful lot of folks who are hiring around the community. And Ohio means jobs is going to be uh, highlighting some of those employers over the coming weeks and months. We're going to start with 50 North, which is maybe one that you might not have thought of. Beth Wilkins and Jenny Stearns with us from 50 North. Beth, uh, obviously we've talked with you uh, quite a bit. I don't think people always think of 50 North as an employer. I know you've done a lot of job fairs and you know things like that, but obviously you have a staff and you are uh, looking at adding to your staff, right? We are, and we are a senior center. We have five key areas, activities, chores, nutrition, outreach and wellness and today we're focusing on nutrition nutrition and we have a new job opening it's brand new and it's a it's a great opportunity for someone and i do have with me jenny stearns jenny is our hr specialist and you can tell us a little bit about the nutrition manager opening that we have so give us all of the details on this what is a nutrition manager first of all all right well the nutrition manager like we said is a new position it is full-time at 50 North, they will be working very closely with the nutrition director, um, helping to manage the day-to-day operations. Um, so that would include everything from ordering food and supplies, um, producing the quality meals in large quantities, um, understanding food service operations, and making sure they're complying with local and state regulations right, right. as well. Um, and then there, you know, there's some other duties that go along with that. So this is a very hands-on position. It's not just paperwork, office work, that kind of thing. Correct, yes. Hands-on position. Uh, What would someone need? What qualifications are there for a position like this? Right. So we're looking for somebody that does have a high school diploma or GED. Um, Two years restaurant experience um, is required. And then some restaurant management experience is preferred. Not required. We're, we're open to training that mm-hmm. right person. So, And they do need to be able to work full-time Monday through Friday, 7 to 3. Any other specific skills that would be helpful or that you would really be looking for in a successful candidate for this position? Somebody that can um, work with older adults, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, they will be out talking um, with people and getting to meet um, not only the staff, but our clients. Yeah, come in. it is. Again, it is hands on, but it's also uh, out there with the public, with the clients yes. that you serve. So there's going to be some interaction. Uh, there's somebody who's comfortable with that. You're going to be managing day to day operations, but also doing some ordering of food, um, daily inventory, some prep lists, food costing. And you're going to be scheduling food preparation. You're going to be out in our cafe and also overseeing some mobile meal operations. So if someone is interested in this position, if this uh, sounds like it would be a good fit for somebody who might be listening, how do they apply? So we will have it posted on Ohio Means Jobs. Um, We'll also have it posted on our 50 North website. Um, And they'll be reaching out directly to me at jcerns at 50north.org. And they can send their resume and fill out an application. Is there a timeline for filling this position? Well, we are looking for the the right person. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we would like to get it uh, filled sooner rather than later. But But, applications are uh, open now for this. 
Um, and there are, as we said, it's a full-time job, and that does mean benefits. We do offer full benefits, and we have vacation, sick time. And as a staff person, you also are allowed to use our wellness center for free. It's a big perk. Absolutely. And again, if folks are interested in the nutrition manager position at 50 North, applications are available now. And as we said, you can learn more at the Ohio Means Jobs website. Put in Ohio Means Jobs and local employment opportunities in the spotlight. Uh, Again, Beth Wilkins and Jenny Stearns with 50 North with us this morning. Ladies, thanks very much. Thanks. Thank you. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. So the University of Findlay's Mazza Museum has got a very busy month coming up in November. A lot of things going on. Ben Sapp from the Mazza Museum is with us this morning. Fun Day Sunday is back, and that is uh, coming up this weekend, right? That's correct. This Sunday from 1 to 3.30. Okay. Uh, So for those who don't know, um, tell us a little bit about what Fun Day Sunday is all about. Sure. Fun Day Sunday is um, considered an art and literature fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are stations, probably 25 hands-on stations that parents, grandparents, and their children can go around and and experiment with. Um, And this uh, Sunday's Fun Day Sunday has a theme of gone fishing. Uh, So everything will have a fishing theme uh, and looking forward to sharing that with those in attendance. So hands-on activities, uh, stories uh, always connected with that too? Right. There's always uh, an art and literature. Um, Now with the Conda Steam Center, there's uh, the science, technology, engineering, that part that's been added. Uh, So there's something for everyone and ages really um, preschool up through uh, junior high. Uh, with the new STEAM Center. And, of course, it's a free event uh, as well. So if you're looking for something to do with the Littles, uh, it's just a great afternoon of fun. Indeed. You can come and and go when the when your children are, are ready to leave. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of excitement, and, and, and kids come back year after year. Yeah. So uh, circle that on the calendar, and that is this Sunday at 1 p.m. Correct. Right? Okay. So Fun Day Sunday for the month of November on fishing yes okay all right uh let's see here also coming up uh next week you've got uh november tales for tots right uh on wednesday uh we have tales for tots um and that is an event for preschool kids um with that starting at 11 o'clock uh a.m mm-hmm. and runs about a half hour and it is song and story and uh, some hands-on things for the kids and the parents to do uh, with that as well. And, of course, all of this centers around the main mission of the Mazza Museum, which is celebrating the art of picture books. So all of these e- events uh, really have that at the core. Exactly. They they all have uh, a feature of the art from picture books that's represented in the Mazza Museum. Uh, and it is quite the collection. If you've not been, again, speaking to those who may be new to the community or have never visited, uh, it's just a tremendous collection. It is. It's considered the world's first, largest, and most diverse collection of original artwork from picture books. And uh, so it is definitely a gem in the community. Uh, also coming up in the uh, month of November, and I think this is uh, next week as well, right? The uh, weekend conference. You do this uh, annually. Correct. November 10th and 11th. It's a Friday evening and full day Saturday, there will be seven different author illustrators coming, uh, sharing uh, stories about themselves and the work that they create for picture books. Um, It's really for anyone. Um, We uh, average about 200 people at this event, but it's a chance for you to meet them, talk with them, uh, hear them, and then get autographs uh, in the books that you purchase from our gift shop. And again, the fact that the Mazza Museum is so renowned uh, as a repository for this uh, artwork uh, really gives you the reputation to be able to bring in some of these uh, terrific uh, authors and illustrators. Indeed. The seven that are coming are from around the country and um, are well-known by teachers, librarians, and anyone that has a love of the art from picture books. Um, Not to put you on the spot, do you uh, have... What are some of the uh, authors that are coming for the yes. weekend conference? So, uh, Lewin Pham, uh, Brandon Dorman, uh, James Gurney, who um, some of you might know from the Dinotopia books. Okay. Um, Abby Cushman, uh, 
Alexandria Boyer. Um, they're just Daria Peoples uh, is a, is another uh, of the illustrators that will be there. Uh, so please check them out. Uh, check our website. You can uh, learn more about them and see the work that they've created. Yeah. So you, as you're as you're going through your uh, kids' uh, bookshelves and you say, "Oh, I recognize that name." Oh, there you go. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, coming up on the 10th and 11th. Do folks need to register for that? That they do. Okay. Uh, the Tales for Tots and the uh, Fun Day Sunday you do not, but mm-hmm. the conference you do, and you can do that through our website. Okay. Uh, so again, the uh, 10th and 11th. And before we know it, the holiday season is here while we're on the subject of n- November. Segue right into the uh, holiday season. And you have a gift shop, uh, which again, if folks don't know, it's a great, uh, if you're looking for something uh, for somebody on your list, uh, would be worth checking out. Yes, please do. Uh, the week after Thanksgiving, uh, we will be having a 30% off sale uh, on everything in the gift shop. Uh, we also are providing uh, an opportunity where you could uh, purchase a, a a registration for an art camp or a steam camp uh, for next summer mm-hmm. uh, for your son, daughter, or grandchild, and that has been popular here in the past. Yeah. Talk a little bit about those events, and I know there is a, a steam event coming up uh, here soon uh, for the Girl Scouts, which I know is, is pretty much full uh, now, but area Girl Scouts probably have already heard about this. Uh, what is involved in some of these uh, activities? Yeah, so St- Steam Camp and Steam Club and Art Camp is the theme is different every year, but mm-hmm. it still has the foundation of steam and art from picture books. And uh, it's a wonderful way for the older kids to to come and take part in, in many of the wonderful resources that we have hands-on. Um, and then at the end of the week, we're showcasing all the, the wonderful things that these kids have created. Uh, and it gives a, a great uh, day for parents, families to celebrate the the real work that their child has um, and loves to, to to do. And so again, you can uh, buy uh, almost like a gift certificate to register a child for uh, those exactly uh, camps. A uh, lot of uh, great options. So something to kind of place in your brain as we're talking about the upcoming holiday season. And of course, the Mazza Museum. We talk about the events like Fun Day Sunday, Tales for Tots, and and so on. The weekend conference. But the the museum is open uh, anytime. Folks, you know, have a few hours to drop on by. Uh, more than welcome to visit. Indeed, we're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from noon to five. Sundays from one to four. But we're also open by appointment. We'd love to have you come out and see us. We've got a link up on our webpage for more information about everything going on at the uh, Mazza Museum uh, at the University of Findlay. Uh, just go to goodmornings.net for that info. And again, uh, Ben Sapp from the Mazza Museum. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. Okay, I got to mention this before we go any further here, because I've been hearing this clip in the news this morning, and I something just seems a little fishy to me. Last night, the Texas Rangers won their first ever World Series, and it was Game 5. They won uh, four games to one over the Arizona Diamondbacks, and here's what the final call sounded like on Fox. Give a listen. In their 63rd season... You hear the the crowd just went absolutely crazy when the Texas Rangers won the World Series. But here's the thing. The game was in Arizona. So was there really that big of a crowd screaming and going crazy for the visiting team winning the World Series, defeating the uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks in Arizona? Or did they enhance the crowd noise? Uh, because they've been known to do that before, uh, especially during the pandemic when there when there were no people in the stands, you still heard crowd noise because they enhanced that because it was weird not having uh, crowd noise. And I just wonder if they have if they did that with the uh, World Series just to make it sound more exciting than it was. Because I just can't imagine that the crowd in Arizona would have been that excited that the we Rangers interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. I don't know. It just sounds fishy. Uh, let's see here. Time for a check of the uh, odd and unusual side of the headlines. Today's broken <laughs> news report. Anyway, sounded weird to me. 
in a Halloween caper that sounds straight out of a slapstick comedy, a woman found herself in a high-speed escapade with the law after allegedly snatching a costume from Walmart. <laughs> Sapphire Utley, her name, uh, the would-be costume snatcher, apparently couldn't resist the urge to add some festive flair to her wardrobe, caught red-handed during the act of shoplifting, she did, uh, decided to turn her trick-or-treat adventure into a real-life Fast and Furious spinoff. Ms. Utley hopped into a white Dodge Avenger and floored it, nearly triggering a full-blown collision. According to uh, local news reports, the Grand Island Police Department, this is in Nebraska, by the way, the Grand Island Police Department, uh, proving they are no strangers to costume capers, embarked on a pursuit that eventually led them to a hotel where they placed Ms. Utley under arrest. Now, besides a potential cool prison jumpsuit, she faces charges of shoplifting, evading police, and uh, <laughs> just for good measure, driving with a suspended license. And this is all over a Halloween costume at Walmart. I mean, what do they, they run? Like 15 bucks? Just seems a little excessive. A little uh, Halloween adventure there for the holiday. Elsewhere in the broken news this morning, a woman from San Diego is trying to appeal her traffic ticket all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, I've heard people fighting traffic tickets before, but she wants to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. Here's her case. Susan Porter was given a ticket for honking her horn at a protest outside San Diego Republican Congressman Daryl Issa's office back in 2017. She honked her horn during a protest, and she got a traffic ticket because of a California law that says drivers can only honk their horns because of imminent danger. That's the only reason you're allowed to, I mean, by law in California, you can only honk your horn in the event of imminent danger. Uh, she is appealing the ticket all the way to the Supreme Court after her petitions were denied by a district court judge and an appeals court. That does seem a little restrictive, uh, that you can only honk your horn in the case of imminent danger. So, I guess, you know, all those signs, you know, honk to wish so-and-so a happy 50th birthday in people's yards and all of that. Can't do that in California. That's illegal. Unless she wins her appeal to the Supreme Court. <laughs> Traffic ticket all the way to the Supreme Court. How much is this costing her uh, in legal fees and everything to, as opposed to just paying the ticket? It's the principle of the thing. Uh, here's a cop tale. Uh, this is, you know, the old saying, why did the chicken cross the road? Um, in Washington State, a state trooper found himself face to beak with a daring chicken along the side of the interstate, the Washington State Department of Transportation captured the foul encounter, sharing a video of the trooper's his, uh, heroic chicken rescue on social media. A chicken was spotted on the shoulder of Interstate 5 in Seattle. Thankfully, a state patrol trooper had excellent timing to save the chicken before it crossed the road. Good for that trooper. <laughs> Jump in. The chicken crossed the road. <clears throat> hey, here's a, another saying that I, I'm sure you've heard of. Liar, liar, pants on fire, right? Well, this is no lie. A resident of South Hill, Washington, was doing laundry earlier this week when her pants really did catch on fire. All 16 units in the apartment complex had to be evacuated as the flames overtook the balcony and spread to the roof of the building. <laughs> Residents uh, could return to all but five apartments before the day was over. Fire officials confirmed that the woman was doing laundry and tossed her pants on top of a lit candle. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> the pants caught fire. Which spread to a nearby chair and beyond. Fortunately, everyone was able to get out safely. So, no injuries. But a little embarrassment. <laughs> no lie, the pants really were on fire in that case. <laughs> Just be careful when you're doing laundry 
around lit candles is the moral of the story, I guess. Uh, let's see here. Now, this is kind of weird. In, in Denmark, um, there is a new restaurant where you can build your meal out of Legos. At the Mini Chef restaurant in Denmark... Uh, no, you're not going to eat the Legos. It's not edible Legos or anything like that. At, the, at this uh, restaurant, customers are given a bag of Legos and an assembly menu where you can see which pieces align with which menu items. And then using the pieces, you build the food that you want. You insert your order uh, into a table side computer and then your meal is delivered, your real meal is delivered from robot servers. <laughs> that seems that seems very complicated. I mean, it's kind of cool, but that seems very complicated, you know, for a burger and fries to <laughs> Just just give me a waitress. Just give me they're all waitress. <laughs> And finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, this is our story out of Florida. There's always going to be a story out of Florida. Do you remember the uh, story that we had? Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? Uh, we Actually, we've had a couple of stories about people uh, driving vehicles. One lady uh, painted her vehicle to look like a state highway patrol vehicle because she thought it looked cool. So she got in trouble for doing that. And then the other day, we had the uh, one about the guy who put... Uh, you know, flashing lights uh, on her on on top of his vehicle so that uh, he could get to work faster by <laughs> with the police lights. Well, a Florida man is in trouble for driving a truck painted to look like a border control vehicle, a border patrol vehicle. Uh, there was one little difference. Instead of border patrol, the truck read booty patrol. <laughs> The DeSoto County Sheriff's Office posted photos of the truck online this week with a warning about people impersonating authorities. <laughs> the man who was not identified uh, received a citation for using prohibited vehicle lights that resemble those used by law enforcement on his booty patrol vehicle. <laughs> That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is Ed Lance with OSU Extension. It's harvest season. Drivers will be sharing roads with combines and grain hauling vehicles. Please be alert, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this fall to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Do you listen to your parents when it comes to their advice on raising your children? Now that my wife and I have grandkids, we have found that this is something that sometimes we kind of have to bite our lip because uh, our son and daughter-in-law, with their kids doing things that we would not do, or we might have advice that we could share, but maybe should we or shouldn't we? It's a, it's a, it's a tough battle. A survey of 4,000 Canadian and American parents found that 59% will take their parents' advice on raising their children. 34% find that well-intentioned advice to be outdated. 73% say they try to operate at a happy medium and find a balance between following their parents' advice and their own parenting philosophy. Parents today may have different priorities. Half said managing screen time was something that they have to deal with that their parents did not, as one example. Some things have stayed the same. 52% say they appreciate family dinners. About half of parents and grandparents say baths are part of a daily routine. Well, I would hope that that wouldn't change over the years. <laughs> We're still bathing our children, right? 
Yeah, um, at least half of us are. It's clear, according to uh, Devon White of Johnson's Baby, commissioned the survey, said it's clear that bath and bedtime rituals are critical as many parents and grandparents have shared the same routines across generations. So that, at least, is something that we can all agree on. Heather Clow is here from the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts with a preview of some of the November entertainment and activities, things going on at MCPA. Heather, thanks very much for dropping by, as always. Good we morning. Appreciate- Thank you. First and foremost, should mention you are a big part of Art Walk tomorrow night. We are. We have a lot going on for Art Walk tomorrow. We have um, three different artists of displaying their their goods, their okay. their art. All right. We have Jason Wagner playing, and then we are also hosting the um, Slippery Elm, which is the literary magazine for UF. Their launch party as well. Plus, okay. we have a lot going on in the gallery with the art that's there. Yeah, uh, in the uh, gallery, you yeah. have a uh, new display, uh, which with an interesting name. It's called Loom and Gloom. It or is Loom and Doom. I'm sorry, yeah, Loom, Loom and Doom. Loom and Doom, and it's Kelsey Merrick Wagner is the artist, mm-hmm. and she's uh, um, a fabric artist. That's probably not the word. textiles. Okay, but she weaves non-recyclable items into her art. Hmm. So you'll see all these beautiful colors and all these beautiful fabrics, and then there's a plastic bag in there. But, I mean, it, it's gorgeous. Huh. It, it's amazing what she does. That is uh, interesting. And uh, that is not just for Art Walk, although folks can check it out during Art right. Walk. Exactly. That'll be there uh, for, for the next, quite a while. Yeah, it's for the next couple of months. I think it's through, almost to the February. Yeah, so... You can stop by any time to see that one. Exactly. That's uh, one of the cool things. If you've never checked out the uh, art gallery at the Marathon Center, uh, it's upstairs, but it's open whenever the yeah, whenever uh, the building is open. Is open. Yeah. yeah, I love people come by before the show, um, like on their way to their seats. They'll stop mm-hmm. in and see what's in the art gallery. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a, a really interesting display. So do not miss that and make sure that you swing over to the Marathon Center during Art Walk tomorrow evening. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Stuff coming up in the uh, month of November. First of all, Dueling Pianos is sold out. No big surprise. No big surprise. People <laughs> love Dueling Pianos. We have two <laughs> nights of it and it's sold out. And we have a new premise this year, which is fun. Um, we have each evening is sponsored by a different company, and they're dueling. We have dueling dueling pianos <laughs> okay. to All see right. who can raise the most money for us. So we have I AR see. Marketing and UIS Insurance dueling okay. this year. So uh, if you have tickets, uh, Congratulations. Don't, don't miss it because uh, it, that's a, a hot ticket. A uh, reminder that that is coming up here soon. Some of the other things that are going on in the uh, month of November, you have another uh, Live at Arms uh, series. We do, show. with a band named Violet Bell. Mm-hmm. They're a new duo. Um, they haven't been together that long. One is from New York. She's from New York and he's grew up in Puerto Rico. Mm. And they met in the Appalachians and in actually North Carolina and they play Appalachian music. Now that is interesting. Yeah. Uh from Puerto Rico and New York and they play Appalachian music. Yeah, they just connected over the music and they're fantastic. I've wow. seen them a couple of times at conferences. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm guessing that they will probably share the story of how that kind of came I to hope be that they do. Yeah, because absolutely. I would be very curious uh, about how that partnership uh, came to be. Uh, a couple of uh, rental shows that are coming up here. Uh, one of them, a uh, the State Ballet Theater of Ukraine. Yes, those are beautiful ballets. They're doing mm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs this year. Wow. And you should definitely go to mcpa.org and look at the pictures because they are so beautiful. Yeah. Ballet takes the best pictures, I think. I, I think. I and, think this uh, will be their fourth time with us, too. They're I was going to say, good. they've been here before. They have, yeah. yeah. They, I, I do think this is their fourth time here. Uh, so so uh, that is coming up on Wednesday, November the 15th, and tickets are available uh, now for they that. Sure. Yep. You also have a, a show coming up the following day. Yep. Uh, again, it's a it's a rental show, and it, which basically means what? For those who aren't familiar, I know we've talked about it before. Yeah. but So we are um, not only an organization, but a venue. So mm-hmm. people can come in, they can rent the venue. Mm-hmm. There's no risk to MCPA. Right. We just make the money of renting, um, mm-hmm. and then they bring in a show. They have all the risk. Um, and in this case, on the one on the 16th, they're actually selling the tickets. Often we sell the tickets, too. Okay. Um, but it's like an outside promoter yeah. comes in and just does so, the show. So not part of the series, right. the uh, performing arts series but uh and there have been more and more of these shows 
I guess, as the reputation of the Marathon Center grows. Exactly. So when yeah. we were first here, like outside promoters, and they didn't know about us. They didn't mm-hmm. know about MCPA and what a yeah. great venue it is. And we have a good reputation and people want to perform there. Yeah. And we can't book everybody in our series. We just couldn't possibly do that. Right. So it's a great way to bring big shows. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had some really big names in their renters. Yeah. Uh, so this is the Love and Light Tour on November 16th. Yes. It's with singer Colton Dixon. And he was on American Idol, I think, in 2000. 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he, he was like a seventh place or something like that. Um, and he's touring with his latest album, and he's bringing um, Jordan Feliz with him. So it's a duo. Okay. Uh, and then uh, later in the month, we get uh, into the holiday season. We're kind of transitioning into that time. You've got a holiday open house coming up at the we end of do. November. We just announced it. So we have all new Christmas decorations this year. <laughs> I got a sneak peek yesterday. They're going Very to be cool. gorgeous. So Very we're cool. going to be really twinkly this year we wanted to invite people to come in um we're gonna have free refreshments a cash bar and it's also giving tuesday so if somebody wants to support our nonprofit work as well we'd be happy to to take a donation that day but it's really just coming and seeing how beautiful the venue is going to be this year and uh while we're on the subject of the holiday season kind of plant this uh in your brain tickets for a show make for great stocking stuffers they sure do and we have two great shows in the in 2024, we have Sarah Evans in February, and then we have Chicago in May, and both of those would make fantastic yeah. gifts. And if you are looking for a show to get you into the holiday season, and I know we'll talk about this uh, when we talk about December events, but kind of, uh, again, to mention it now for those who may be getting an early start, uh, there are a couple of uh, Christmas shows. One is a uh, more of a kid's show, and then one that I think is just going to be absolutely fabulous, uh, the Under Christmas the show this lamp, year. Under yeah. the Street Lamp, yeah. So Under the Street Lamp, I believe, was here the very first season of MCPA. It was before I was here. And ever since I got here, people kept talking about what a great show it was. And yeah. when I saw they had a holiday show, I said, well, let's, let's give it a try. Yeah. Let's bring them back. And tickets are going quickly for that one. And uh, the Spark series uh, is Frosty. Yes. A musical adventure. Yes. And we were supposed to have this a couple of years ago, and it got canceled. Not COVID-related for some reason, but it got canceled. So we're excited to bring that back. And we also have a Christmas Live at Arms show this year with Ryan Hood, too. So okay. lots of holiday going All on. All right. So uh, if you want to get yourself into the holiday mood, uh, those tickets are uh, available. Uh, actually, I guess Frosty is sold out. Frosty uh, is sold out. Yeah. Okay. So yep, that's a school day matinee and schools scoop those tickets yeah. right up. Yeah. Uh, so more information about all of the uh, shows, upcoming shows and events at the Marathon Center uh, can be found uh, on our webpage. And by the way, um, you know, making a uh, donation uh, in somebody's name for uh, the holidays, if you want to do that. Absolutely. Uh, and we option. still have the bricks outside. You can put people's names on those There as you well. go. So uh, gift ideas. And you've got uh, Marathon Center swag. We sure do. Okay. Yeah. So. We're selling support live arts there you t-shirts. Go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and again, make sure that you uh, swing by the Marathon Center uh, for uh, Art Walk tomorrow evening. Heather Clough with us uh, from the MP- uh, MCPA. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, best-selling author Kate DiCamillo is out with the first in a new book series she'll join us to talk more about. We'll get a preview of this weekend's high school football regional quarterfinals, plus another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.